All right, AMD trying to bounce, trying to get out of its own way. A classic AMD beat on the bottom line seems to have bulls invigorated this afternoon. But how far can it go? It looks like it's already kind of uh, dropped off a little bit from that initial pop. But what can we ask for in this market that has been so unforgiving to this stock? Let's bring in Kevin Green and George Tillis. Joining me here to talk some earnings. Uh, George, what could possibly turn AMD around? Like, how big do they have to beat as a company that generally people are used to seeing beat? There's no real uh, big surprise when they come ahead by a, about $300 million. When it comes down to top line sales, like you mentioned, $300 million. But if you do the comparisons, you really can't because of the Xilinx acquisition. I mean, last year they generated about 3.45 billion in the quarter. This quarter around almost 5.9 billion, but that includes, of course, the Xilinx acquisition, which some would say is actually one of the reasons why the stock has uh, significantly underperformed the overall broader Nasdaq, huh. down about 40% uh, on a year-to-date basis because of the fact that acquiring Xilinx uh, is going to take some time as well as take away some of the growth for AMD, which uh, effectively has a duopoly along with Intel in the in the CPU markets, but also has been aggressively competing and starting to gain market share in the GPU markets with, of course, uh, NVIDIA. But overall, look, I think the quarter was fantastic. But again, the numbers from a percentage basis look great because of the acquisition. But at the end of the day, you know, what I see here is, is you see earnings growth, 117% increase year over year, inclusive of the acquisition, but also inclusive of, inclusive of the acquisition 70% year-over-year sales growth. You're getting nearly two times EPS growth of sales growth. That is fantastic. And I think this is a company which overall, from the standpoint of uh, being oversold, has been oversold significantly uh, in the in the last uh, five months or so. So their guidance for next quarter of $6.5 billion has a give or take yeah. of $200 million. So 6.3 to 6.7. Analysts were looking for 6.4 on average. So their next quarter guidance uh, it basically hits and beats a little bit uh, if they hit the wide end of their range. And then they say that uh, the quarter-over-quarter quarter increase uh, will primarily be driven by Xilinx and higher server revenue. So they're omitting the uh, gaming graphics and the chip part, uh, which is why this company's so good. It's got multiple secular drivers, Kevin, but, but, Losing one out of three, you know, I'm not sure if the market's going to take too kindly to that. It may, Oliver. I mean, one thing we have to also keep in mind, too, we saw the same type of uh, you know, commentary coming from NVIDIA. So it might just be a mute point at this point in time when it comes to the graphics side and the GPU side. But I think the server business here is really what's putting this over the top outside of the Xilinx acquisition that's going to be uh, occurring here soon. And it looks like they actually updated their guidance here to, to reflect the Xilinx um, acquisition. So I think that's going to be nice for the street to be able to have some comparables, as George was kind of uh, alluding to earlier. It might be a little bit difficult right now to uh, to compare you know apples apples oranges to oranges because of uh, the, the where they're at in the acquisition overall but I think you know right now we are seeing a little bit of slowing and gaming in the GPU space uh, but it is a pretty decent uh, margin business if you will but the CPU space continues to grow the server business continues to grow and that's going to be the bread and butter for AMD moving forward I think that's why we're actually seeing an increase in guidance where we have seen uh, maybe some other semiconductor companies that have uh, either uh, maintained their guidance or even lowered their guidance because of demand. 
That's right. Uh, by the way, on the flip side, we've got uh, Skyworks uh, with the initial response lower here uh, as their uh, guidance uh, for the next quarter uh, was kind of at the midpoint of the range, not quite as uh, impressive. And then their uh, sales guidance also came a little bit shy of next quarter. Uh, so a very different type of chip maker, but uh, one that uh, is giving a little bit of a different example to your point here, Kevin. Uh, all right, now, uh, so George, here's the thing with AMD though. Is this gonna be like Salesforce when they bought Slack? You know, a perhaps a genius integration of another good business, but one that signals that their organic growth has peaked out? Well, I think th that's not the case for AMD. I think their organic growth is in the double digits still. still is, yeah, what happens sure. here is, is they're, they're growing horizontally and vertically. If you think about CPUs and GPUs, and then also adding the fuel programmable chipsets, Xilinx, this already adds to the mobile desktop server, the communications centers, if you will, the data centers. This company is becoming horizontally, horizontally and vertically integrated completely. I think it's a very unique company in and of itself. NVIDIA as well, I would say, because they're, they're really, they've got their, their tentacles in CPU areas, GPUs, but also in industrial land markets and the data center markets. So overall, I'm not surprised to see the stock to the upsides, but you can actually see the company's guidance for uh, fiscal year 2022 is really focused on Xilinx. I think that they're basically saying that we do notice issues because of uh, supply chain weakness. We do notice issues associated with gaming uh, and the CPU demand might actually be a little bit uh, weak. But going forward for the quarter, they're actually guiding a little bit less than expected, just slightly, 6.35 at the midpoint of billion dollars, 6.3 was the expected. Mm -hmm. But for fiscal year 2022, this is important because the guidance is 26.3 billion versus 25.2 estimates. So they see a soft quarter in Q3 or the next quarter coming up in Q2, forgive me. But going forward for the rest of the year, they actually see strength. Okay, hey, I, I, looks like a pretty clean, good report. I'm just trying to get in the market's mind yeah. here and figure out if anything changes from this, uh, if they've already, if investors have already kind of had a little bit of an issue with the, uh, with the slowing top line growth rate, even though it's big double digits, a potential slowness there or the integration. Oh, we got we got about 90 seconds here. I'll give you a dealer's choice, Kevin, to uh, uh, close this out. I mean, there's a lot to pick from here. Uh, we've been talking Starbucks and Airbnb kind of right now uh, fading a little bit, but initial pop higher. What here catches your attention? What do you think is the most important thing, Kevin, when tomorrow, I mean, we're going to get bombarded with macro and Fed stuff all day. So let's get some good stock thoughts in before then. Yeah, you know, I would say uh, taking a look at Starbucks is going to be the key here. Okay. That's going to be a global growth story, international story. So when you're seeing the uh, the traffic that's coming in uh, to the stores, the cost of uh, labor, also the, the issues you are having or they are having with labor as well, it really just has that sentiment that a lot of companies out here are really facing not only just domestically, but internationally. So it's a really good gauge on the international market. That's why I'm looking at Starbucks. We will see some more macroeconomic data that comes out and I'm sure that it'll probably pair well with the Starbucks earnings that we saw tonight. Love that point. Hey, uh, George, you got 15 seconds. Starbucks, canary in the coal mine? I don't necessarily think so. I, I think overall, when it comes to Starbucks, you got to think about China exposure, Eastern European exposure. The other thing is, is it a luxury or is it a need? And I think that's something you have to ask yeah. as a Starbucks investor. I think that's a big, uh, I think that's a big, big global uh, macro point. I, I think that's canary, baby. I'm hearing it sing. All right, guys, we got to jump. Thanks, George. Thanks, Kevin. Great thoughts, guys, as always.